0: This is The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by The Tea Clinic, hosted by Dr. Mark. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark, and this is the T Health Show in the in-studio. Today we have one of our more frequent regular guests and a very good friend of mine, Dr. Catherine Davies here, guru extraordinaire. Cathy, good morning, how are you?
1: Hi, morning, Dr. Mark, and thank you for having me again. It's always great to be here.
0: So, um as always, we have our vivacious producer, Sims. Sims, I see winter's taking its toll on you. You're starting to... Um, cover up
2: yes i have a hoodie on i do not like the cold so i'm very much warm
0: and um (laughs) my right hand in the practice sister Elise. elise morning elise okay so we're going to talk about something that i think is One of the most distressing things that can happen to a woman And you know what, I went through it um, uh, When I lost my hair Uh, It was horrific for me Um, So we're going to talk about female hair loss Kathy, where do we start with this?
1: Well, like you said, it really affects um, women psychologically It's a huge issue But from a medical point of view, it's very important to understand that there are many different causes of female hair loss. And it's like going to a dermatologist and saying, I'm having skin problems. You can have acne, you can have psoriasis. It's important to know what type of hair loss you have and why you're losing your hair. But for any lady who's having hair loss, it's usually very distressing. And it's far less acceptable for a woman to bald than a man, unfortunately.
0: Or to have thin hair. Um, I don't know whether you guys watch Mum. No. Have you ever, have you ever seen the program Mum, Kev? No, you're going to yeah? have to explain it. Okay. This. So Mum is a, is a sitcom and it's on Mnet and Comedy Central. And Alison Janey, you guys know who she is. She's the tall girl that played in something, but she's the mother and it was obvious or it is obvious that her hairline has shifted backwards so i, I you know if anyone who is listening to this watch watch it um i think she was in law and order or something like that where she she played the secretary of state or,
1: i'm definitely going to watch it now
0: and it's just that the hairline really it looks like the hair starts halfway um on the head. And what what kind of hair loss would that be if your hairline moves backwards? It's not uh, you can't obviously see a that's thinning. Yes. Um so no, a, it's, it's, it's it's literally it's just moved back. So someone has pulled their head mm. backwards. Yeah.
1: So there are a few causes of that. The most common is traction. So if she's been wearing tight buns and high ponytails this is what happens in
0: in most of our African women.
1: Oh yes, I knew like for years using
2: that relaxer and then you just have to get there like when you plait and it's super tight so the you know, the forehead does not move at all. You see it over time that like the lady's
1: hair goes back. Definitely and you just, like, Yes, That's the most common cause of, of, of ethnic hair loss is traction, alopecia. So so pulling. because of
0: the weaves or the the, the plaiting choice, of her hair.
1: Yes, and and, um, uh, the combination of both as well You know, relaxing and pulling And sometimes you see these uh, little kids going to school And their eyes are pulled so tight By their hair And I just think, oh, we need to protect that hairline a bit um, Because Mm -hmm. definitely styling can pull it back But if it's a dramatic case And I'm going to definitely now go watch Mom or moms what are you talking about um if it's dramatic where the whole hairline shifts back and there's almost like a shiny line yes that can be one of the scarring alopecias known as frontal fibrosing alopecia and they usually use they usually lose a bit of eyebrow as well um, and that's very distressing because the whole hairline just moves back um, and What's there's actually the reason no for that it's a scarring condition and it's it's caused by um, underlying pathology sometimes it's like in plainness Um but so it can actually, be immuno um, it definitely can be immune related related yeah
0: okay so let's let's actually before we go into the different types of hair loss um, I think when when we talk hair loss in women we need to just Try and do it visually Because we we can describe the conditions And you and I might have an idea But our listeners not So let's start with the ones that I can picture And um, we see it in our practice often um, Where you have a thinning of hair um in the crown area, so that that would be the top of the head,
2: yeah. um, like when you start going bold So,
0: like when guys start going bold okay. just like me, okay, okay. So, t- I, I saw you look <laughs> at me. So, so, not for long. I'm seeing Kathy next month. So, um,
1: let me okay. put this visually for you. So, yeah. basically, um, there are, like I said, hundreds of types of hair loss, but the main ones you're going to see is traction, as we discussed, with a history of braiding, then. You're going to see people And I think that's what you're describing We call it the Christmas tree parting Where just over time Their scalp starts to thin on top And if they make a parting The parting gets wider and wider oh, okay. And it's a general thinning Um, And they notice it in photos And it slowly thins over time And it often has a family history
0: Or when you're driving in your convertible And all you see is pink
1: And you get a (laughs) subvert scalp, exactly (laughs) So that's usually the genetic type Your androgenetic alopecia It's also sometimes known as female pattern hair loss
0: Female pattern or male pattern
1: That's female pattern hair loss It's the (laughs) Christmas tree parting
0: Okay, so that's basically in the midline uh, area So between between, If you if you take from the pupils, that's that area there And you exactly. take a line through Exactly, and the just okay.
1: starts thinning They start complaining, they can see their scalp And like you said, sunburn And then just visually to show you the third category That's people who shed um, And this is usually um, a sudden onset after um, something that happened Like a general anesthetic, and illness and they shed, so and stress definitely. So they come to you with hair, you know, saying they've got more hair in their hairbrush, the hair's clogging up the bath or the shower. So that's the third main type. That's actually known as telogen effluvium, which is basically a fancy way of saying it's hair loss due to an event that's happened. Oh. And that's different to those ladies. So, so this can d- be surgery. Absolutely.
0: Is this hormone related?
1: So. Um, Hormone related Usually fits with the other kind of hair loss which ah. is slower and more long term um, And it can be hormone related Underlying iron deficiency Or thyroid
0: Okay So Kath For those people that get these Patches It's literally as if Someone it's
1: a coin size picture. okay so yeah that's, uh, that's now a fourth type of uh, visual your, picture that i'm putting in your mind have you
0: seen that Yes that's, that's, <laughs> that's very distressing yes, so that's but you can cover it if you have long hair yeah. but for me you can't
1: that's why we need um, that's why we need dermatologists because hair loss is complex and those coin shaped lesions which are like baby smooth that's known as alopecia areata Mm -hmm. and a lot of people know it as alopecia but alopecia just means hair loss but the official term is aa or alopecia areata and that's autoimmune and they patches and they actually usually grow back if it's just a coin-shaped lesion and some people are prone to them and they come and they go often this is someone who goes to the hairdresser and the hairdresser points out a coin-shaped lesion somewhere they didn't know or they find it themselves More severe cases of alopecia areata is when they actually lose all their hair or all their hair, body, and eyebrows, and that's called alopecia totalis or alopecia universalis. And that unfortunately happens sometimes in kids where you see that that it almost looks like they're going through chemo because they don't have a hair on their body. Um, And there are a whole lot of support groups for alopecia because it can be incredibly psychologically Distressful and it is an autoimmune condition But for the most people with alopecia Areata it's those coin shaped lesions They come and they go and there's certain Things we can do to to get the hair back To
0: continue Is alopecia areata um, An Indicator of other underlying Autoimmune conditions Or not necessarily
1: Not necessarily but it's always worth checking Because it's, it often comes in combination um, With other conditions
0: Like like a Hashimoto's Which is like an,
1: Hashimoto's which a is
0: a thyroid disease
1: Vitaligo um, But it's often Just isolated and It occurs on its own And I find this interesting I don't know if you find this interesting but the skin is very immunogenic so you know if you get a splinter your body flares up and it sees the hair as something foreign so we have our own uh, really yeah so, so our own system has this way of recognizing that our hair is not foreign and it immune protects it in someone with alopecia areata that immune protection is Oh gone.
0: okay so okay. your own that bo- recognizing that this is mine
1: exactly so stops immune privilege is gone yeah. And that's why it's shiny, smooth in certain areas. At your own immune system attacks the follicles and they fall out. But that's your autoimmune hair loss.
0: Okay, so um, talk to us a little bit about dandruff, dry scalp, um, or oily scalp, or keratin buildup. Is is this the same? And can these cause conditions like hair loss? Is it bad for your hair?
1: So a healthy scalp is very, very important For optimal hair growth and optimal hair condition So it it adds to to hair loss And it can be a cause of hair loss Um, It's very important to keep keep your scalp healthy And um, if you were to part your hair and look at your scalp It should be milky It shouldn't have a build-up like you said And you hit the nail on the head when you said There are two types of, of, uh, in layman's terms Dandruff, an oily one and a dry one So the one is when you're very dry and Get those white flakes, and the other one is a o- more oily buildup where you get um, oiliness and actually oily flakes. So
0: is dandruff almost like a scalp eczema?
1: It is very similar to a scalp eczema, and um, if you look at it under a microscope, a little bug lives in there. Once like, mites, the like It's like it's yeah. like psoriasis, a little bit like that. So um, with these shampoos Which usually contain ketoconazole um, If you shampoo and leave it in You give it time to to get rid of those extra little
0: um, So ketoconazole organism. is uh, antifungal Yes So you have an antifungal um, And if it's uh, eczema or psoriasis based Eczema based cortisone psoriasis based mite, m- little mites where you know it for guys who still have ivermectin that's what you put on your hair so um <laughs> uh, it's interesting that there was yeah. a new product launched for psoriasis called Sulantra it was by by and it is topical ivermectin. Yeah. So okay. Kath, um is there a difference between ethnic W- women's hair loss. We know it's the majority of that's usually caused by um, traction alopecia. But does ethnic people lose hair differently to other ethnic groups?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so um, African hair has two. There the are two main causes of hair loss that we see over and over. The one, as we discussed, is the traction alopecia from braiding chemicals and the most important thing there is to to stop what's actually caused it first and then work on trying to get the hair back but there's a second type of hair loss that i see in african men and women which is it's quite a a mouthful so i'll give you it's ccca so uh, cicatricial central alopecia and that's more on the top of the head when you start to see scalp and that's actually, um, there's a lot of work done by a prophet, lawvu. She's from KZN. Oh, Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: On this condition. And there's a genetic tendency towards it. But it's also from a practice of braid, uh, of, of braiding or heat treatments. But it causes more of a central thinning. So the traction you can definitely see on the hairline. You can start to actually see casts. That's one of the ways you can see that you're pulling too tight is you th- see almost these white casts or flakes. And then you know you're damaging the follicle and pulling too tight. But that CCCA, the centrifugal cicatricial, which basically means scarring, hair loss, is more on the top central area. Um, And that's really a condition that should be um, treated by a dermatologist because it's inflammatory. It should be biopsied to see the next step to take. Um, So it's not something you can just ignore. And um yeah, it really should be biopsied and treated by an expert.
0: Okay. I, I've had the privilege to work with Prof. Lova. Oh, wow. She's also the Dean of the Faculty of Medicine of KZN. Um, and I know that she is working closely with some Swedish um, people um, on uh, specifically this condition yes, um, and, and, in and African people. It, so if you're in the Durban area uh, or Peter Maritzburg area, Prof. Lova has a private practice uh, in Umschlange. You can you can go there as well. Yes, and,
1: and one of the key things with that is because of Scarring, you can't really bring the hair back But it's about preventing further loss Yeah. Um, so that's what her treatments are, are aimed at
0: Okay, so when we uh, It's interesting what you said now So I'm going to go one step back If you say scarring hair loss Hair loss from scarring And, and I think about You know what, when someone has a gash on their head uh, You can see that scar there when you shave a head So is scarring hair loss always permanent?
1: Yes, so scarring hair loss basically by definition means that the part of the follicle that needs to regrow hair is gone. So there's no way of growing that hair back in that particular and follicle. And how do one de- diagnose that except for a physical scar? So usually on a trichoscope, there's, there's certain indicators that will tell you that it's scarring. But those are my, what I call, send to the dermatologist patients to okay. get a biopsy and a proper diagnosis. Um because you also have to see what level of scarring there is, what level of inflammation there is in order to optimally treat that. Um, okay. So as as GPs and aesthetic doctors we you know we're limited in what we can treat. So we treat what we can and we refer the scarring hair loss patients to the dermatologist. Okay. And a transplant would work on that. Unfortunately area. not, no. Okay.
0: Okay. So um Indians.
1: Yes. So, um,
0: why, why, why do they have just such fabulous hair? Don't you just hate it? So, I, I do, I really do. The,
1: it's a whole culture. buy hair. Yeah, there's a that's whole, how good it is. it's, it's first of all genetic. Second, <laughs> it's, it's a whole cultural thing. They shave the baby's head at 40 days, apply these beautiful oils. So, their whole practice of scalp health. Scalp stimulation and massage gives them beautiful hair But it's also genetic Um, I mean no amount of massaging would get my fine hair to beautiful thick Indian hair But having said that Indian ladies because of their tendency um, First of all uh, vegetarian and veganism um, And secondly often problems with insulin There is a high incidence of hair loss in the Indian population as they get older
0: so we're going to circle around Just now to Hormones um, uh, In in The discussions that Elise and I Have been having on real health um, And Next week I'm, I'm doing something On Spreecomer um, on Afrikaans TV about hormones Is the questions That we get From people is They think hormones estrogen for women and very few think of testosterone but um, when you mention testosterone or testosterone they think men and muscles what we tend to forget is that there are 50 other hormones and all of them can have an effect on metabolism um, and well being so before we go there Kath European hair loss for women. What are the main causes? So
1: the main two, apart from the you know the patchy and scarring hair loss, which are, which are quite rare that we chatted about, the main two you're going to see um, in your white females are. Firstly, shedding, which is your telogen effluvium.
0: And that is after some kind That's of traumatic event or surgery or stress yes. or it's severe or,
2: illness.
1: Or also involving hormones, something like postpartum, uh, stopping breastfeeding or stopping the oral contraceptive pill or starting the oral contraceptive pill. So that sh- uh, shedding, hair loss occurs. Usually two to three months after an event. So my patients always think I'm psychic because they come in with these bags of hair loss, and I say, when did it start? They say December. So I say, mm, what happened in September? Did you have a, you know, general anaesthetic or big stress, and and then you sort of work it back from there. And we've seen so much shedding post COVID.
0: So it's very interesting and I, I I want to go to to this one. This is a case that a couple of months I've discussed with you. It was um a forty something year old woman who um, had a, a hysterectomy previously and then For some reason I think she developed An ovarian cysts And they've decided to Remove both ovaries Now this is post hysterectomy And within Two weeks She was Plunged into what we refer to as um, surgical menopause. All the hormones was removed, or, or uh, the main sources of hormone production, uh, sex hormone production, testosterone and estrogen, was removed. And you know what? It's like stopping smoking, cold turkey, or putting a heroin a uh, needle in front of an addict just out of reach um, she she her life not only started crumbling it literally exploded apart Shame. and we started treating her with human uh, balancing and human optimization therapy and the patient kept on reporting to us um, that she is so grateful she's got her life back, and two months later, she started saying, "I'm losing my hair." Oh no! And then she came, um, and we started her on. Topical treatments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We balanced the eye and we looked at the fire, which we do in any case when we do our treatments. And then she started saying, um, "Okay, now I have, like you said earlier, more hair in my brush than I have on my hair." Or on my head. So, what kind of hair loss was that? Was this hair loss caused by hormonal optimization treatment, or was this, seeing the time frame, most probably due to the surgery, the anesthesia, and the upset in the hormones? What would so you say?
1: Type of hair loss. This is your telogen effluvium, which you know the, the whole thing of having hair in the brush. That shows that something caused it and she shed, and it 's often almost impossible to say what caused it, but something like a sudden menopause two to three months later could you know it, it, you even just get this from from stopping the pulse, so imagine just suddenly cutting off all your hormones. it can definitely be from that. it can even just be from having a general anesthetic and the stress of going what she, of going through what she 's gone through um as far as optimizing hormones go. You do get some people who are particularly sensitive to certain things. It's the same as, um, you know, any medication and almost any medication you can read, one of the side effects is hair loss. And you can get a thousand people taking it and they don't have hair loss, and one person takes it and they're susceptible to hair loss. So boosting testosterone in a lady has so many benefits. And in some, yes, can cause a bit of shedding. Um, shedding so- or,
0: or just a Low hair loss uh, Shedding
1: It can cause if, if it's a fresh start It could co- cause A bit of okay. shedding It's usually If it's testosterone based The, the actual the, They get triangles Like the men get mm. More than, than Losing all the hair But I think The most common cause There would just be That massive surgery And the shock Of suddenly You know Having no hormones
0: So uh, Semperia I'm well, glad that you say Sure Because for Elise and myself We've <laughs> never seen this In any of our patients Um, And it was as distressing for us I think as practitioners as it was for her Because in all our years of experience with hormone optimization um, We've never seen something like this Um, And dealing with that patient Yes, we made you better But according to her experience and i would have had exactly the same one but you made me better but look at what you've done um it's it's that Unfortunately,
1: you know when you're so desperate and hair loss can make ladies desperate you you look at someone to blame or something to blame um but you know the doctors who did the the hysterectomy were probably doing a life-saving procedure um and as distressing as hair loss is you know, you can't really be blamed as a doctor It's the same as putting someone on an anti-epileptic tablet You know, sometimes you're saving their life Or their brain or their, you know, neurostructure But you are causing distressing hair loss as a side effect um, And as doctors we never set out to cause hair loss Or any other side effect But you've got to balance up, you know, risks and, and rewards So and is, saving is life. the hair
2: loss then permanent
1: for those? No, so the good thing about shedding um, is that shedding usually means That the hair can return okay. It takes a hell of a long time You do have to sort out Underlying issues or else you're not going to get it back But shedding is actually a good sign In that it's not a scarring type of hair loss The follicle is still there It's still alive um, It can take up to two years But you can get that type Of hair loss back So when my distressed patients Sit in the waiting room and sometimes bring their hair in This
0: yeah, patient did, yes, she brought us a bag, a bag of hair
1: that, that's, Then I know it's telogen <laughs> effluvium When they're sitting in the waiting room With a bag full of their hair um, It's very distressing um, That psychological thing of your hair Falling onto your shoulders all day is awful But there's a there's a, a Little bit of a light there because it is reversible Quick question
2: yeah. on that When you notice the shedding And you then start doing the, the Right uh, Steps to, to kind of stop the shedding. How long does that
1: take? Does it still, in that time frame, are you still shedding? So it, you will shed for a while. So the first thing to stop, and that's actually such a, a good way mm. of looking at it, before you actually regrow and thicken your hair and thicken your ponytail, the first improvement you're going to notice is your, your shedding uh, gets Gradually lighter. gets less. Okay. Grad, definitely gradually. But um, that is one thing that that's happens. But to actually see new growth and thickening can take. You know, up to a full year. And unfortunately, that's why often people stop treatment because they try it for two weeks and then say it's not working. So, a lot of it, I mean, if you've got prone to holes in your teeth, you've got to brush your teeth every night. You've got to, you know, a lot of it is actually about counseling the patient that it's going to take time. They have to keep up their iron or their uh, meditation because they're too stressed for a long time to notice the difference.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that you mention stress. Um, Physical stress Emotional stress And Long term Low grade stress Are those Equally contributing To a possible hair loss
1: Yes so this is um, And once again I find this fascinating I hope you do too Um, You can almost tell the type of stressed by the type of hair loss they get and for example okay now, now, no, now, now
0: okay. we do find this interesting so so,
1: so so uh, i you know i'm not psychic but you, when someone well. has a little coin shaped alopecia areata lesions i said to them when did you first notice it um yesterday 3 months before that alopecia areata patient would have had an acute stress so in those patients i see hijacking Unfortunately, a, a, an abuse—you've you, always got to look for abuse in kids with that type of stress or bullying. It's a—it's that day of stress where somebody died or you crashed your car. So it's it's acute it's an
0: acute um, and usually. it's it's a well demarcated lesion.
1: Yes. Okay. Then um, the straight the, the 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 chronic ongoing stress is when you're going to get your shedding. So you you do have, and I mean, that, that thing of people turning grey overnight or losing their hair overnight from, from you know from a from a death or. An illness, but your chronic stress, your hair is not going to be in an optimal condition. You're going to generally slowly shed. um,
0: Okay, so Elise. Practice from now on
1: <laughs> Need
0: to be a stress Free environment because I'm Having my transplant again I'm, I'm having another Transplant with Kathy In, in a couple of uh, Weeks time and um, As you can see The few natural Hairs that I had on my head fell out So no More stress I've
1: got another question Um I've read up about it where people pull out their yes. hair. What do you okay, call it? Okay, so that, that is trichotillomania. So that's another, like I was saying, that's why we love these dermatologists because that's another type of hair loss. And it's, it's, um, we see it a lot in teenagers. Um,
0: but isn't hair, it more that they need to go and see a psychiatrist it so, or? So
1: it's called trichotillomania and it's people who pull their hair, pull their eyelashes. Um, a lot of people do it, but not to the extent that it damages their hair, but we see a lot of people come in and they've actually damaged their hair and often they don't volunteer the information so the way we we determine this is their their hair's at all different lengths ah, so, so it, it, breaks. Make, it breaks it doesn't make sense with other things that often accompanied with skin picking and anxious type of a personality so the first thing you do there um, is you know get the patient a psych consult um, because it's not you know you can treat the hair all you want and they'll just pull out the new hair
0: well, you know what? If you only have four hairs on your head that you have to whip into a buffon <laughs> just every morning, chest.
1: pull out your chest hairs if you have, to I have enough there. It's
0: very interesting. I would never forget this. Sorry, Caff, I'm putting you on the spot. What was your most interesting hair transplant ever?
1: Uh, yes, I did have a man who wanted me to transplant hair to, onto his chest. What? Wait, why? (laughs) (laughs) He was a lovely man Where did you get to hear from? From his head He was a lovely man Who lived in the like Magnum PI era And wanted to wear his Thick gold chain with a button-down shirt <laughs> So it's the most Interesting post-op consults Because he came to me with this a thick gold Chain and hair sticking out of his Shirt and he was very happy
0: Well, I, I, if, if for the guys We're actually talking about bills But for the guys that want a hair Transplant, I can tell you And Elise, we've often joked about this When I had my transplant From CAF, we took hair From the back of my head And all we did is we we filled in the thinning hair, um, on, on my crown and a little bit in my, in my fringe. Um, and when the hair started growing, I, I, I don't know if you can see it's changed like you said it would. It was like having had my pubic hair transplanted I onto my funny. forehead. I, I don't know. Apparently, you know what? I did lots of things that day, but I can't remember. I um, and you know what? It, the, the, the my hair changed texture um, from the back to the front.
1: Mm, it suddenly realizes where it is and sort of becomes. And then it became softer, bigger.
0: now it's straight but I'm again. I'm glad
1: you brought that up because. Unfortunately, with females, hair transplants aren't the answer. Why? And I wish, I wish it was because I could help so many people. But if you look at a male who balds, and I always use Joshua Doar as an example because I'm not.
0: Simpiwe doesn't know who Joshua Do is. <laughs>
1: Joshua <Dorn. laughs> He's your uncle in the furniture business. Okay. So that horseshoe ring of hair at the back that a man has is triple as thick as anywhere else. It's thick, strong hair and they never lose it. Unfortunately, as women, We don't have that thick, strong hair at the back, which is your donor area. So we thin and have weak hair everywhere. So we end up taking hair from that donor area, putting it where we need it, and it just doesn't take like it does um, in a male. So you end up thinning the back and not getting a great result where you're putting the hair. So unfortunately, it's just not the answer for females. So it's a much longer and harder road for females. It's about rectifying what caused it or what's going on internally And at the same time trying to Stimulate the follicle
0: Okay so let's go there then Um Because Transplant Not a successful option It's expensive in any case yes. Um And if it's not going to be Successful but you really don't want to Throw your money down there um, Kath the main Causes let's start in Young girls Um Let's say they're still at school So anywhere from child um, Little toddlers To um, your Teenagers Main causes would be psychological Or something like an autoimmune Kind of reaction
1: Exactly we don't see a lot of um, Hair loss in in that age group But yes if it is it's that alopecia areata In childhood
0: Or when they actually pull their
1: hair out out.
0: And you will see If it's the coin like lesions go and look for trauma yes if okay in
1: the slightly older teens if you're starting to see your polycystic ovary syndromes yeah it can be accompanied by thinning hair okay,
0: okay. why because of a higher uh, concentration or higher circulating testosterone or progesterone
1: um so it's because of the high circulating testosterone and also Insulin so you find once you Start um, controlling insulin in Your PCOS patients Their hair starts to improve
0: Okay so let's go there Um, Next Group would be um, Your 20 To 40 Year olds so here they are In their reproductive Years what are the main Causes that we're seeing there
1: main causes are um, Either low iron or th- or thyroid problems very, very
0: elite. And I, I I want to I'm sorry but I interject. Um people need to understand that low iron levels lead to thyroid um dysfunction or dysfunction because your thyroid hormone needs to bind to iron as well as vitamin D. To be activated So, um, And we often see this At least in the yeah. practice yeah. Where patients come in And um, they have a normal or a low um, TSH and a normal T4 and, the moment, and then they have Low iron levels Or very low vitamin D levels Or both And the moment that I can do um, A Hashimoto screen Positive Where you know They have antibodies Against the thyroid Or subclinical Hypothyroidism Okay So iron And um, Thyroid Thyroid problems How about Diabetics in this age Because this is where You start getting Your Your uh, type one diabetics really, really starting to come through in their in my the late teens to um
1: Yeah, so you're definitely not gonna have optimal hair when you um shooting your you know, when your insulin levels aren't optimal. But the main causes in the twenty to forties is your iron thyroid and then female hormones, which which is a whole umbrella. <laughs> like I said, polycystic ovaries, ovarian syndrome, starting certain pills or going off certain pulls. Um and it's always three months later. So people don't always associate it with what they've started or stopped. It's not doesn't happen the next week. Then postpartum, I mean, we all get this glorious hair in pregnancy. And then...
0: Why? Um, because of estrogen. estrogen?
1: Yes. And then um, after childbirth, two months later, already depressed. And then we start shedding our hair into the bath. So... Um, that's a very very common one in that age group
0: you you mentioned earlier something about breastfeeding
1: yes or stopping so so, um when you are postpartum and then you can have a hair loss and you could also have hair loss after stopping breastfeeding
0: is that because of a change in prolactin prolactin, levels
1: exactly okay yes Um, so
0: sorry patients that are on things like esperite eglanol blah 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 that Works, antidepressants But that works on prolactin Or has an effect on prolactin Starting or stopping usually certain Stopping, stopping usually that stopping. kind yes. of medication but,
1: but but way down on the list Of side effects will be hair loss In those medications but it's usually from Ceasing them rather than okay. starting them Okay Yes. So still on our 20 to 40 age group You also start to get your androgenetic Or your inherited hair loss start to creep in Now
0: where do you inherit the hair loss From your mother or your father
1: So so it's from the female side of the family However um, We call it genetic alopecia But some people have it And there's no family history It's still called androgenetic alopecia And that is You don't really notice shedding Just over time you're starting to get this Widened parting That same Christmas
0: tree Kind of
1: Exactly uh, so that, that if um,
0: if we know that woman in the family is prone to something like that, my grandmother had it, my mother had it. I don't want to have it.
1: So first of all, you check that the grandmother and mother didn't have underlying conditions. You know, maybe they also had Hashimoto's or low iron, which you know could also run in the family. But if it's truly just the hair. Then the, it's far easier, easier to prevent further loss than it is to wait till you're quite bald and start treating it So so early preventative treatments are important in those patients
0: Okay, so we will come to the different treatment modalities that we have just now um, Our 50 to 60 year olds So then
1: you're really seeing your, your androgenetic alopecia and the big one is menopause, perimenopause and menopause.
0: So for those of you, perimenopause sim starts when?
1: Um, 45,
0: 45. Yay. So she, sometimes she does listen. When I get something wrong, she's quick to put it out. Um, okay, so uh, perimenopause, where... The hormones on paper still look okay um, But patients are starting to to have symptoms And menopause uh, because of decreased estrogen, estrogen Or both testosterone and estrogen
1: Well there are different studies that low testosterone can also cause hair loss As well as high testosterone So the the, the biggest cause is estrogen um, and we, you know, like you asked in pregnancy, what causes great hair estrogen, if your estrogen then lowers, your, your hair does deteriorate. But, uh, and what I really admire about you guys treating hormones is I always look at them, it's a symphony, or, you know, Absolutely. all those hormones. Yeah. And any imbalance can affect your hair. Hair is just so sensitive to hormones. We've got all these receptors on our hair for hormones, so... um, the way you guys are treating it holistically And and as that symphony is very, very important And it's important if you're having hormone-related hair loss To land up, um, you know, with a doctor that understands this And, you know, it's not always a you, you might have to try this, you might have to try that This might elevate something it's not supposed to So uh, it's quite a process to get you balanced But you need to get someone dedicated to that process And then that will in turn help your hair Um, But as some said, that can take time. Once you have rectified things, is
0: there if we if we move a little bit uh, on further in life, sixty to seventy, is there a difference postmenopausal to that of postmenopausal women, or is this like a senile kind of hair loss? Yeah,
1: so in males and females, you do see that senile kind of hair loss. You know, just our cells stop dividing optimally. We get this thing called senescence. Um, if you look at a bowl of fruit and there's one bad apple, that would be your senescent cell. And if you have a cell that's sort of just hanging out and it's bad and not being cleared, which happens to all our cells as we age, it's that, that rotten apple in the bowl starts to affect the others. That's known as senescence And it affects all our cells, our sight, our joints So aging isn't fun And hair is one of the, the things that is susceptible To aging and senescence
0: My, my patients often uh, Come and ask Okay, so how long do I do uh, Hormone optimization And you know Thank you for describing senescence Because I will use that In my consults with them um, As we get older um, cells aren't f- f- healed or repaired as well And that broken cell um, is where we start decay of surrounding cells Thank you, Kath That's a very good analogy for me to use I will use that Okay, so we don't have a lot of time left for this discussion Kathy, um medication
1: okay so uh, this is very important and and you've medication so sorry
0: on. medication that cause
1: oh okay there's hair a loss
0: before we go to treatment
1: so there, there's a long list of medication but the uh, you know in almost any medication ca- you know has hair loss listed somewhere along the line but the common ones are your um, anti epileptic drugs unfortunately please don't stop them you know do anything you know w- with your practitioner if you are having hair loss from any important drug Um and something like Roaccutane, which a lot of teens go on for the acne can cause hair loss. Um, but basically there's, there's a whole list of medication that you can actually check online and it's probably about 200 drugs that cause hair loss.
0: Okay. Um, so let's get to treatment.
1: treatment. I
2: have a question. Yes. Before you tell us about proper treatment. Yes. Um, there's a celebrity who has like come out to say she has alopecia and she just cut off her, like yes. hair,
1: and she just went bald. is that a that's way fa- of treating hair loss? No, but it's fantastic. it's a way of accepting what you're going through, accepting okay. your body. it's not going to treat it okay um it's it probably looks better if it's patchy and you shave it you know than rather having the patches, but that's fantastic, and I think it's also helping a whole lot of other women who've decided to do the same thing that she's made it cool and acceptable, but it's not going to treat it oh, okay, yeah. Okay,
0: so treatment modalities. We know that we need to start with identifying the type of hair loss. Number one. Yes. Uh you need to know what it is that you are treating. Then treat underlying conditions. 100%. Get get the thyroid function one hundred percent optimal, get iron levels optimal. Take a look at diabetes, insulin, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, now, Kath, what treatments do we have for women? Because transplants for them don't really work. So, okay. what do we do?
1: So, it's all about, and, and I'm going to reiterate this as you've just said, it is first treating the underlying condition, because if that's not treated, your hair is not going to respond But once you've done that Then it's about stimulating the follicle There's only one FDA-approved treatment uh, Actually two, sorry For females The one is um, Minoxidil It's an FDA-approved treatment for females They can use it at home It's a prescription drug it needs to be prescribed by your doctor And the thing about Minoxidil is um, It is effective But you need to be compliant you need to use it, um, every, every day. day. It's supposed to be twice daily, but I honestly don't know who, you know, anyone who can keep up with something twice a day for the rest of their life. So daily, monoxidil massaging it into the follicle. It can be a bit of a pain because the monoxidal can make your hair look a bit greasy or, or, dry. or
0: dry. For me, yeah. it, it makes my hair dry. Yeah.
1: But if you stick to it and you get into a routine, it can definitely help your hair. Unfortunately with minoxidil it's not a cure. So if you were to stop minoxidil you 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 shed pretty quickly. You lose what you have yeah, gained. Yeah, I,
0: I I had that as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lifelong I
1: stopped it. it's a lifelong medication, relatively inexpensive, um and and FDA approved. The other FDA approved treatment for hair loss is your red light therapy or PDT therapy either at home or in a clinic. And it's not- i
0: i i sorry i better interject again um when when photodynamic therapy came into the market um oh god how long is it twenty years yeah must be um it we knew the light devices that you and I bought twenty years ago um Omnilux, if I'm not yes. mistaken, were incredibly expensive back then, um, because it's it's very easy to get red light. Yes, yeah. you know, getting the wavelength uh, um, of the light right is not a problem. I, I can make red light, um, but getting the energy yeah. into the hair in that wave is. Far more important and more difficult So when you say um, home lights It's not any red light It's a specific air light
1: No, and I mean obviously the ones in the clinic are far more potent Um, Like you said, the one we spent so much money on It's just a case of getting there Um, Okay, so
0: so So we can use home Based devices, it's going to give us a result. Maybe not that optimal one, but yeah. better than nothing. But
1: better than nothing. Okay. And once again it's about compliance. I have so many people who have bought this hair comb, this and this this helmet and they use it for two weeks and then it sits in the cupboard. So unfortunately, you know, like the brushing your teeth analogy, if if you've someone who's prone to ongoing hair loss, it's ongoing treatment. But um How just often do they need to do that? So minoxidil every day? The light at least three times a week. A week.
0: Yeah. Can you overstimulate with a light?
1: Um I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, but I wouldn't want my my body to get tolerant to something. So, but so I'm really not sure.
0: So you would alternate.
1: I would alternate, yeah. Okay. Um, and because time is going so quickly, I want to tell you about what we can do in the clinic for you. So, unfortunately, at my at the moment at my practice, I'm really doing hair transplants for males. But um, most of the aesthetic doctors and GPs now treat hair loss first of all, you know, by doing this whole internal consultation. To see why you have lost your hair, but then by stimulating the follicle with something like a platelet-rich plasma (PRP), which is actually using your own blood, um, and please, this needs to be done, you know, at a at a doctor's clinic.
0: Actually, I I want to go further. It, this needs to be done if you want to do hair restoration. Um, you need to see a, someone that specialises in functional medicine first. Absolutely, um, where we can restore the function, uh, restore the hormone balances. Uh, it's not just about iron; it's about how iron relates to thyroid hormones, how it relates to your testosterone, your estrogen, as well as other hormones. It's it's um, as as an aesthetic practitioner myself, um, when we started. With hair restoration, it's okay, you, you're losing your hair, let's do PRP and microneedling, and put you under the light. It's not as simple as that. It
1: is, you need to start on the inside. Absolutely not. The, the, the most important thing is, is, is rectifying the cause if you can. And then second prize, is stimulating the follicle is just to try bring it back a little bit quicker than if you, if you had just rectified the cause and had to wait for it to come back. Um so your in clinic treatments with PRP which is stimulating the follicle using your own blood is really good. There are a whole lot of growth factors and factors that stimulate new blood supply in PRP that that we use. Um there are also other substances that don't involve drawing your own blood if you, you know, can't get blood or if you're on some something that affects your platelets and you can't do it, um such as hair fillers or mesotherapy. And it all just involves uh, injecting or stamping little amounts of product into the follicle To wake it up, stimulate it And to just make it more healthy and start growing
0: Kath, um, um, we had the um, distributors of the hair filler in our offices yesterday Now, interestingly enough um, Alopecia now have ICD-10 codes so for you, that don't know what that is. It's it's a medical code that um, is registered to a specific condition, um, and it's a universal one. Uh, we use those ICD-10 codes all over the world. Now, if a if a disease has an ICD-10 code, medical aids. Sometimes or the majority Of the times will pay for the treatment The question that I posed To the guys from the hair filler Because it's called hair filler Was how successful Is a claim at the medical aid And unfortunately they couldn't Answer that question Do you use hair filler in your Practice for some men?
1: Yes I do but I've never had a successful Medical aid claim in any hair loss Even in my burns patients um, Probably okay. need to try again. Although
0: it has an I C D ten code and I've been and telling my recent, patients maybe. medical aides do pay for it. It's almost impossible to get that claim through and if it goes through it goes through your savings plan.
1: Yeah. So so these these treatments are pricey. So if you can't afford the in clinic, the monoxidal and self massage at home is also very, very How
0: about rollers, microneedling lo- rollers for home care?
1: Very good. So the the little microneedling stimulates the follicle, even if there isn't a substance that you're pushing in. But if you're doing it um, with the substance, and it has to be something that's created to use with the microneedle, you can't just roll anything into your hair. But um, microneedling, definitely, if you get into the habit of it, also stimulates the follicle. But just know it's a long road to grow your hair back. Don't give up after the first two weeks because it's like farming. You're fertilizing the soil and the seeds today. And the next crop, which could take up to a year, is going to be the crop that benefits from the treatment. So it's very frustrating. But start as soon as you can so you can reach that year as soon as you can. Okay. Okay, Last question. Mm. Um, Once you've started treatment for the hair loss –
2: Am I able to wear a wig? Because I'm not liking how my head looks currently, but I
1: want to protect it and still look presentable in front of people that I meet. So if you wear a wig, give your hair as much breathing room as possible. Take it off when you get home. If it's causing lines on your forehead, you know it's too tight. It's cutting the blood supply off to your head. Uh, Make sure it's not trapping oil and dirt on your hair. But yes, you can cover up. Same as men, they always ask me, can they wear a cap or does it cause hair loss? It, re- it, you know, it's it's a bit of a housewife's tale, that a cap causes hair loss. But if you if you're blocking in all the oil and dirt all day, it's not great for your hair. So just give it breathing room when you get home. But yes, you can cover up when you're out and about. Yeah, topical. But that hairline, you don't need
2: to. Don't
0: <laughs> <at> <laughs> topical you. and oral products. Do they work? Does a um, five hundred grand because Kevin Murphy. Condition and shampoo is five hundred grand for a tiny bottle, to my—that's
2: a lot of money. Dis- wow. To
0: my big dismay, um, I—is uh, there a difference um, on what I wear and things like um, trichology, which is a, a, a shampoo and a serum and tablets, and which is for one from your angle?
1: Time your oh. skin. Time your skin. skin. So yeah, so these are basically products as alternatives to minoxidil. Um, skin, for example, is a very, very good product. It's got growth factors in it, um, but they, none of them are miraculous. They all help to stimulate the follicle. skin is medicated, so it gets it rectifies your scalp conditions, which I like about it. Um, and the one nice thing about that product is it's not like minoxidil. So if you stop it, you don't have a shed. Or lose
0: ah, okay um, Elise, please give me some um, Kathy, then my last question Chemotherapy and post-chemotherapy yes. uh, Is there anything um, that we can do for our patients going through chemotherapy To help maybe prevent hair loss?
1: So there are some... Um uh, practices of cold cap therapy. Yes, I've heard
0: about this one. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, what does that mean? So it means that they they cryo your head so that the chemo reaches everywhere except for your follicles. So hopefully. So literally, you
0: as you sitting with your chemotherapy in, they're freezing your head.
1: Yes. Um, okay. And some people are, you know, maintain their hair like that, but for the most people, um, don't have that option and they do lose their hair. Then um, just know that it's it's going to grow back But the time to start treating it When I start treating post-chemo Is about two weeks after your last chemo radiotherapy okay. And then been, the flux yeah, coming through fun. You can, like some people say If you treat it during a, the, the products are very expensive mm. So I find it the most beneficial You get through your chemo um, if you have the hair loss, then as that little fluff starts to come, treat the fluff ah, okay. to, to treat it. And, and treat-,
0: treat the fluff with microneedling and PRP.
1: Yes, you can. Um, or
0: is there specific
1: products for you? Use? Skin has a specific chemotherapy product It's pink. It's pricey, but the nice thing about hair loss after chemo is you're not going to have to treat it forever. It's you know it's not like your ongoing hair loss. You treat it, it grows back, and then then it's there.
0: Yeah. Okay. We've come to um, the end of the show, but Kathy, you know what? It's it's always a pleasure to have you in in studio with us. I always learn a lot from you, and I think our our listeners will even learn more. Um, unfortunately, as you said, at the moment you're not not really seeing female patients um as the focus of your practice is on transplantation but if you want to know anything more um uh, sorry kathy doesn't know it but i have an open um line and i know what her cell phone number is so um i've I've called her while she's in the states at two o'clock in the morning um you can contact us at the T clinic um the number is 0108241393 or if you want to know more caf uh, just a little bit more about hair loss or if you want to refer your husband for hair loss how do we get hold of you what's the website
1: the most simplest way at the moment is dr Kathy SA on Instagram um i'm very very full so i have closed my website um temporarily i'll, I'll open up again when i'm Taking new patients, but Dr. Kathy S. A. Kathy with a C. is uh, on Instagram.
0: Okay, Dokie. Next week we um it. We will have a frank discussion about testicular carcinoma. And I'll be joined by one of uh, leading oncologists, Dr. Devin Moodley. Um, it's testicular cancer month. So, guys, please join us for that one. women as well, you need to know what your b- b- husband's balls feels like. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great, great one.
1: Thank you so much Thank for having you. me. Thank you.
0: That was The Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite
2: podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by The Tea Clinic.